Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Unionized workers have voted to reject proposed contract settlement. And uh, there's a lot of concern about the impact on the national economy. And uh, particularly with the Vancouver port shortage. So we're going to talk about that. There's a lot coming up on today's show, a lot coming up on today's show. We'll also talk in this first half hour of the program about the level of public support that exists in this country for unions. And some of it may surprise you. It surprised me. We're joined by Matthew Holmes, Senior Vice President of the Canadian Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Mr. Holmes, how are you? I'm well. How are you doing, Roy? Good. Good to have you with us. Um, were you surprised at the union membership voting down the proposed and mediated contract settlements for a second time? Well, I'm not sure if the word surprised is. Uh, it, I don't know if I'm surprised by anything in this situation anymore. To be to be perfectly honest, uh, it's it's pretty absurd uh, how how much this union seems to be waffling uh, and and just making a mockery out of the whole process from from where I stand. Okay. So let me just uh, ask you to expand on that uh, a little bit, and then maybe you can build into the answer what the impact is on the national economy, how much is costing the national economy. But to expand on the first first part of your, of your answer to me. Sure. Well, um, you know, I first... I first started appearing on media media shows uh, on July 1st, actually, on the long weekend. I had family visiting, and the strike had just started, and uh, and I went up to, to start taking calls. And we were calling right off the bat for arbitration or back-to-work legislation. We didn't feel that uh, there was a negotiated settlement that would be possible here, and this this just seems to confirm it. We had the, the union walk away from the table, call a strike. Um, you know, eventually the Minister of Labor called for uh, a mediator, a federal mediator's recommendation. This was put to both sides, the employer and employee sides at the negotiating table. They agreed in principle to that mediated settlement. Um, it was to go forward to the membership, but then an internal caucus within the union rejected it. They held an illegal strike. Uh, they were then told to to return to uh, their work, that the strike was illegal, which they did. Um, and then there was some, I guess, some negotiation between the union and the government where they finally agreed to bring the mediated settlement back to their membership um, and, and work during the interim. And now, as I understand it, one of the union locals has rejected uh, this, this settlement. So we just seem to be going through the same process again and again, back and forth, back and forth. And so there doesn't seem to be the will or the ability to uh, reach settlement through a negotiation process. And so the Canadian Chamber of Commerce still really feels strongly that we need to have this go through binding arbitration or back-to-work legislation until we can get that done. Yeah. In terms of uh, your question on the impact, mm -hmm. it's, it's profound and getting worse. We're now at a month. Uh, you know, it's... <laughs> It's July 30th, and as I said, we started this on July 1st. Um, this is incredibly disruptive to the economy, both now and into the future. We've, we've, we've already seen $10 billion in disrupted trade with Canada. This is 30%. These, these ports on our West Coast represent 30% of our trade 
outside of North America, 25% of our incoming and outgoing trade on an annual basis. That's massive for our economy. And we've already seen temporary layoffs. We've seen some shift shutdowns. We're seeing bottlenecking and cancellations of trucking and rail lines. And uh, the, the impacts of this are going to be felt for months to come. It really is remarkable, and I don't mean that in a positive way. It's remarkable that at this time, after everything that we've experienced, go back to 2020 with the, uh, with the pandemic, yeah. and everything we've experienced with our economy, what we're seeing with the interest rates from the Bank of Canada, the impact of the 5% interest rate, they're probably going to go up again, as uh, Dr. Eric Cam told us yesterday. In, uh, inflation being what it is, it's, it's almost unbelievable that a situation that's critically important to the national economy is the operation of the ports in British Columbia, particularly the Vancouver port. It's almost incomprehensible that intelligent people are behaving so stupidly or well, irresponsibly. It's, you know, I, I'd like to pick up on a couple of things you, you said there, Roy. One, yes, in the pandemic, we learned how fragile our supply chains are and how immediately those can affect uh, the product availability on store shelves and um, our ability of our domestic manufacturers to make the things that we need and how those things combined create an incredible inflationary pressure that are, you know, are felt by Canadian businesses, but also by Canadian families uh, on, in their day-to-day -day, uh, trying to just keep up and, 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 and live their lives. So this, lesson doesn't seem to be learned here when we're exposing ourselves just as it feels like we're starting to get things back within within grasp here in terms of our economy to subject ourselves to very much an own goal situation you know none of this needs to happen and and the problem i i mentioned this earlier but as this trade is diverted as ships don't come into our West Coast ports, as they have to go to other ports to be serviced. It's not like they just come back when we say, oh, no, it's all good now. We have a contract with the union. We may never get some of that trade back. And so that's the real risk we're facing here at a time when we should be doing exactly the opposite and trying to shore up our trade infrastructure and make sure that our corridors work yeah. so that everyday families and businesses can get the goods they need and they can trade with our partners around the world. It's not as though we don't already have interprovincial trade issues, which are substantial. Now we have this added to it. And uh, it's, it's, as you said, it's affecting trucking, it's affecting rail, it's affecting goods getting to Canadians, it's affecting Canadian companies. Let's say the Vancouver port remains closed for, pick a number, week, two weeks. Will this cause some businesses across this country to falter and perhaps fail entirely? I think at a certain point, that's entirely possible. We're already seeing layoffs, as I mentioned, uh, in some industries. Uh, others, uh, you know, the, the export of, of potash and fertilizer, for example, you know, with, with the war in Ukraine and the aggression from Russia, Canada's one of the major exporters of reliable fertilizer to many of the world's farmers. Mm -hmm. This stuff can't get out now. That's really critical to both our trading partners and our reputation as a country. And so the long-term effect of this uh, could be really profound, not just on our, on our businesses, but also on our reputation. And so, you know, the, when, when you're talking about shipping 
when you're talking about rail and trucking, when you're talking about the lumber industry, you're talking about uh, all of that diverted trade. These are also good jobs. These are union jobs, yes. them, which are being impacted yes. by this. And so it really seems uh, to be a hostage situation, you know, the way that Premier Ford described it. I, I really, uh, I think this is this has gone beyond the line of where uh, this is a negotiation, and it's now holding uh, many of the goods and, and, and much of the stability of our supply chain hostage. Yeah. Perishable goods, foodstuffs, foods are being held hostage. And we spoke uh, in detail last weekend about 6.9 million Canadians who live in food insecurity, which is, again, a politically correct sanitized term for going hungry. So that's 1.8 million kids included. So 6.9 million Canadians, 1.8 million kids included. And we do have perishable goods wasting, right? It, well, yeah, I've heard of some. I, I don't have the direct stats on this. What I'll tell you is that there's there's some carve-outs within legislation that allow our Canadian grain exports to move. So at least we're still shipping our critical grains out of the country to trading partners. Mm-hmm. And ironically, that is work that the, the union that's voted against uh, this uh, this deal continues to do. Um, but in terms of perishable foods coming in, absolutely, these things are being disrupted. You've got seafood coming in on the West Coast. You've got all kinds of fresh produce coming up from Mexico and California by shipping. And those are needing now to go through other routes, uh, or they could be uh, perishing or passing their best before dates. Absolutely. And so that is a problem for uh, our members in the produce marketing area, yep. uh, and many of our members are very concerned about that. Absolutely. And it will increase increase inflation. It will increase the cost to Canadians. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 